We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 335. Our guest today is a former D1 strength and conditioning coach who really got his start in the equestrian space when he worked with a severely injured rider to bring her back to competition. You may know him as Coach Sando, but he works with his students to increase physical and mental skills to keep the connection to their horses and really feeling sharp in the ring. He has a ton of experience working specifically with equestrians to actually physically make them stronger in the saddle. Not just, you know, pumping weights in the gym or maybe doing something hoping that you're getting stronger, but maybe not stronger or more flexible or agile in the right way for riding. So our guest today is really an expert in that area. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Tony Sindoval. Hello, how's it going? It's going great. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you all for inviting me. Absolutely. I am so excited to talk to you. I am um, huge into fitness and cross training with riding. I think it is such an important part of our sport. So I am really excited to ask you a bunch of questions. But first, tell me how you found yourself in the horse world. So I started off in 2017. Uh, I worked with Five Star Eventer and a saddlebred competitor. And the five-star eventer, I didn't even know what eventing was. We built a good relationship. And um, I started really kind of asking some kind of questions that just were trying to get some information about her sport. And she was using fitness more as a time to be away from the horses, away from the barn, kind of like some therapy. So we just kept it at that. And I think through our training, we developed this close relationship. And then when she went off to uh, her Ocala season, she got injured. And when she got injured, the, the doctor that was operating on her mentioned that if she didn't have the fitness, the musculature that she had, she probably wouldn't have made it after her rotational fall. Wow. So, yeah, so I was in charge of rehabbing her. And since she was so strong before the injury, it took from, I mean, she pretty much broke everything on the right side of her body and we got her back on her horse and competing in six months. Wow. That's incredible. From a rotational fall. So that kind of piqued my interest into the, the world of equestrian sports. And so ever since then, I've been working now with them since about 2017, uh, launched my company, Coach Sando Training. And now I work with tons of riders, run clinics all over the country, and just try to help out as many people as possible. Before that, had you just been in mainstream fitness? And then was it, that was it, you know, like a client that then that that's what kind of brought you into it? No. So my background was, um, in the college sector as a strength and conditioning coach. Wow. So what we did in that field was obviously work with all the sports 
that colleges have to offer. So in some colleges, we had about 38 different teams that we all trained. Okay. Doing that taught me the skill of learning how to make and or create a needs analysis of every sport and then therefore be able to come up with strategies and plans to be able to train to improve performance, which I think when I, when I I'm always going through these moments where I have these hindsights or kind of like I'm, I'm happy to be where I'm at, but how did I get here? <laughs> and the college industry taught me really how to take a sport like women's volleyball, which I never played women's volleyball, but understood how to train the elite level volleyball players to reach their potential. So when I started working with the equestrian disciplines, it was very easy for me to develop plans because I did what I had been doing for 15 plus years, go to shows, learn from watching their performance, take some quantitative data as far as how people move, what's their heart rate, what's their perceived energy level like, meaning how tired did that make you? understand the the dangers of the sport what could go wrong and as a a personal trainer and a strength and conditioning coach are very different mm-hmm. and so my job is not necessarily to just make you fit because one thing that i always say is fitness does not equal performance right and, and so it, it's really difficult for especially in the in the question community to understand that i've been trying to teach people that because I think when I came into this sector, everybody was doing Pilates, yoga, and although all those things have their place, right? But it's but it's just a small little peg in the whole world of what performance is like. So again, I just took what I knew from performance, monitoring sleep, getting all this data, and applying it to equestrian sports. And that's Mm. where uh, my client, my equestrian client, and I. The, the eventing one, that's where we kind of hit it off because she was all up in the high performance. Uh, she was all about like optimizing her performance so that on the day of shows or the week of weekend of the shows, she was primed to have great shows and it wasn't left up to chance. We had planned right. for optimal performance, which again, none of these terms are really used when it comes to just fitness. It's just mm. well, how good do I feel? Does my show outfit look great, which is also important because it's I understand the look good, feel good, you know, ride well. But there's also like this underlying thing like, no, but we also have to really work on being safe and having high levels of performance. Right. Definitely. And so obviously you work with equestrians to help them feel stronger and more confident in the saddle. What, What do you feel like are some of the biggest issues that riders come to you with? Oh, Bethany, I I mean. (laughs) that is so so when I started I was very gung-ho when I first started working with the questions because I thought they were all like my eventing client her name is Allie Knowles and I thought they were all like Allie fit strong athletic coordinated and so I was like I'm used to training people like this this is very close to college and professional level I love this this will be easy and she said well I'm like uh, there's not a lot of people like I would say like me like I don't want to say I'm like very athletic but I devote a lot of time into cross training and, and, and I have been very athletic my whole life um, to some extent. And I was like, wait, what, 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 what do people come with? And now, you know, obviously speaking from experience, the mo- the people in the, in the equestrian industry or the, the disciplines, they all come with injuries. Number one, 
injuries and a lack of balance as far as learning how to be and have healthy habits to create healthy lifestyles so that they understand how to create an optimal environment where they can have high performance. So let me unpack that a little bit. So when people come to me and they've had prior injuries, broken ribs, fractured ribs, broken collarbones, and they expect to have symmetry, it is very difficult because you, you for the most part, are refurbished. Your body healed itself, whether you went to physical therapy or not. Your body healed itself a certain way, and then you expect to perform like nothing happened. So people have this idea where, oh, I don't want to go to therapy. Nobody has time for that. I'm trying to ride my horse. I'm just going to go rest a couple of days. And then when I feel good, I'm going to get back on my horse without doing any of the other work that goes along with recovering, properly strengthening yourself so that you can heal from that injury. So the number one thing that I always get from athletes is prior injuries that now affect their riding. But it's been so long since they've addressed that, that it's difficult to crack through the layers of compensation to get to the point where they want to. And now the second part that I mentioned was this healthy lifestyle. A lot of people, they, they are besides writing maybe once to three times a week. Now I'm talking about the adult amateur. If they ride once, three times a week, maybe they might even ride five times a week and they have one to two horses. That is not enough time that you would consider moving enough to be healthy. Hmm. And when you don't move enough, it's very difficult to then get the skills that you need to be able to ride effectively, or you don't sleep enough. So you don't recover from a neurological standpoint, meaning your brain doesn't recover well enough. So when you're trying to learn new techniques, your brain is not fully recovered from the day before stress of your significant other kids, your horse, vet bills, you know, those are really get your nervous system fired up. So all of those things come into play and you have no way to de-stress through sleep, which is the number one way to to de-stress. Then you come to the next day and now you're wondering why you're not being effective with your aids, why you don't feel X, why you don't feel Y or Z. And so nobody has this education of how it all ties together because when they come to me, they just think I'm going to help them get their quotes fit. Mm -hmm. And the approach that I take is not that. The approach that I take is, Let's work on this holistic approach. That way we can get to the spot where I, why I came into this industry was to improve performance. But now I know that we can't even get to performance until we resolve all these issues. So even my tagline is redefining equestrian performance. I think people need to understand that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Definitely. And obviously like, with riding I feel like a lot of people would say that it can be really difficult on the body and many of us maybe accept pain or imbalances or stress as just kind of part of what we do as equestrians but what can riders be doing to experience less pain and feel stronger and more balanced in the saddle that's that's another great question so uh, I always start off you know, because this is, you know, we're on a podcast and it's always hard to explain what they can do. But mm-hmm. the first, the first step that I tell everyone is you have to adhere to some type of breathing practice. And let me tell you why breathing is so important. Because in order for you to exercise properly, you have to be able to breathe properly. In order for you to de-stress from exercise, 
because exercise, what it is, exercise is a stimulator. It's a stimulant. Now, the adaptation from exercise is what we want. If we just did exercise and got nothing from it, then you would get unmotivated because you're not seeing the results. So exercise, we have to put ourselves in a situation where the results of the training session or the exercise session will, will have an adaptation that's beneficial to the body to improve your writing. But if you don't recover well, then that won't happen. And you recover greatly with you, when you have a practice of breathing. So not only, again, does breathing help with recovery, breathing helps with understanding how your body is handling the stress while you're training or while you're writing. Breathing helps obviously get nutrients into your muscles so that you can recover better. Breathing also helps take you from a state of we call sympathetic fight or flight into a parasympathetic state where you can calm down and fall asleep easier, stretch better. That's why in yoga practices or Pilates, there's a big emphasis on breathing. But it, to me, it's not just so that you can stretch better. To me, it's breathing so that you can manage stress, so that you can understand how to focus and execute uh, moves efficiently. It has so many purposes. So when when I ask someone if they can do one single thing that'll benefit them and get them stronger, get them to uh, recover better, and all those things you mentioned is to breathe properly. Now, one simple way that you can start is to do the four second inhale, two second pause once you've done inhaling, eight second exhale. Now that eight second exhale is going to be a good measuring stick of how much tension you're going through your is going through your body, through your nervous system, because some people will breathe out so fast mm -hmm. that they couldn't imagine breathing out continuously for eight seconds. Right. So that lets you know you are stressed out. You, you're not recovering properly. And then at the end, you hold your breath for two seconds and you cycle through that for five minutes. So we call that the four, two, eight, eight two method. And that should give you at least a good understanding of where you're at it throughout your day. If you have mm -hmm. five minutes in the middle of your day, it might be you drove to the barn. You want to kind of get ready for what's happening at, at the barn and not take your work or personal life to your horse. Sit in your car. Turn off everything. Maybe not the air conditioner if it's hot. And just breathe for five minutes, four seconds in. Hold your breath. Breathe out very slowly and controlly for eight seconds. Hold your breath and hold your breath for two seconds and then repeat. Love that. Can you do it multiple times? Yes, what for is, five yeah, minutes. Five right. minutes. I love that. I and I know it's it, so simple. I know it's so simple and people want more. But believe me, this is where people need to be. Just learning mm. how to breathe. Yeah, that's like definitely something that I don't think about very often. So I was like doing it while you were saying it. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Eight seconds feels like a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, obviously, being fit is a very, it's becoming more and more talked about in our sport that as being helpful to be, you know, like physically able to do your job as a rider better. But I think another maybe hurdle that I've heard a lot from my clients and, and others in the industry is, you know, we're on the road 40 plus weeks of the year. We are, you know, we maybe get Mondays off, but not always. Like we are, we have 15 hour days. How is there enough hours in the day to 
take the time to train? And who? Do, what do you say to the people who kind of say they, they can't find the time to work out? I deal with this again on a daily basis because right. the majority of my clients are trainers. Yeah. And they ride anywhere from eight to 15 horses a day. Right. Mondays is their day off. And, I, and we have to look at it like this. Uh, and I'm sure everybody's familiar with this, having an, a, a closed mindset or, or a fixed mindset and an open mindset. Mm-hmm. And that gets us in trouble because people that are high achievers all, all think of all or nothing. Either I'm going to go all in and train an hour or three hours to work out and mm-hmm. go, you know, till I can anymore or I don't do anything because that's the way I've been successful through life is this level of excellence. But I, first, what I do is try to take change people's mindsets. And I talk to them, look, we have 365 days that you can possibly train. That's not realistic. But if we can get smaller amounts, so maybe it's not all of the, the whole work, but if we can break it down to 15 minute intervals where you might not think that those 15 minutes are adding up, but if in 365 days a year, you work out a hundred of those days for an hour, but I had someone that worked out 300 days out of the year, not 100, 300, and gave 15 maybe to 30 minutes of sessions three times a week. Now, they're not long, but when you add them up throughout the year, that's how you make your change. Uh, it's very easy right now because of social media to only think of the outcome process and mm-hmm. not the procedural outcome, meaning if I tackle this bit by bit, I will be able to see the results in year one, in right. year two. No, we are stuck in these um, in these social media traps where 12 weeks to that, eight yep. weeks to that, even on my website where for uh, for COVID, I put up a six week little challenge because I literally thought uh, COVID would only last six weeks. <laughs> when I, I didn't, and to my defense, I think everybody didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. So, but see, I didn't say like, hey, six weeks and you're good. But people sell these little things and they market it that way. And they think like, oh, in 12 weeks, oh, in eight weeks. No, mm-hmm. no, no. This is this is multiple years. This is, should be a lifestyle for you. So when you look at it like that, then it's easy for me to say, Bethany, how about on Mondays, you give me this 15 minute deal here and don't last more than 15 minutes and then go on your your day off and enjoy it. And then maybe on Wednesday or the next day, you have like an easy hack session. Let's plan out on that day to go maybe a little bit harder and give me like 20 to 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. You think like 20 to 30 minutes? I don't know if I have that. Do you have 10? Well, I do have 10, but what's 10 going to do? Right. 10 minutes is better than zero minutes. Right. So it's changing that mindset. That's the biggest benefit to any professional rider that someone that is in the mix and is grinding every single day is just look what is your priority because I'll tell you what it is difficult to make time to train it is difficult to rehab after a serious injury it is difficult to plan your meals and to prep them to eat well it is difficult to pass out from exhaustion of not being nourished well or having mm-hmm. your thyroid shut off or having for a woman all these other autoimmune disorders because you're not eating enough and you're working a lot. That's hard too. Pick your heart. 
Do you ever wonder what a world would be like to have pets and not deal with the massive amounts of pet hair everywhere? If you're a pet owner, you know how frustrating it can be to clean up pet hair from your furniture, your carpet, your clothes, you name it. Well, Uproot Clean understands the struggle. They have these pet hair remover tools that help gently remove entangled pet hair from carpeted stairs, car mats, furniture, clothing, and even saddle pads. We tested Uproot Cleaner Pro on a variety of surfaces, including my favorite blanket at home, my couch, and definitely tried those saddle pads. We were so impressed with how well it removed pet hair from all of these surfaces, and it was so satisfying to use. The Uproot Cleaner Pro is a great tool for all pet owners. It's super affordable, easy to use, and it's really effective at removing pet hair from a number of places. So whether you have a dog or cat that sheds like crazy, I am thinking about those black yoga pants that just get covered in hair every time you're trying to leave the house and a lint roller just won't do, or us equestrians having horses, especially during shedding season, where literally you can use a saddle pad one time and then it is just coated in hair. Uproot Cleaner is the way for you. So visit their website at uprootclean.com. That's U-P-R-O-O-T-C-L-E-A-N.com for more information and to take a look at their awesome products. I was just going to ask you, what um, do you have part of your programs involving uh, like food and nutrition aspect? Not only food and nutrition, but what, what's, what's been happening, and this is what's also sad, Again, I came into working with this population thinking it was going to be, you know, very sports specific and and, prof- and performance based. It is all about getting you to that level. So mm-hmm. first, I have to always break down the health and wellness. So nutrition falls in there, but it is to the point now where I am I am dealing with getting on phone calls with people that are young, like early thirties, and dealing with issues that women in their fifties would be getting. Mm-hmm. Why? Because under eating malnutrition, not sleeping high levels of stress that is causing things that in generally in books in, in textbooks, you wouldn't be able to see this until you're later in life, but we're seeing it younger and younger and younger and younger. And so for me, it's educating people, not just on like what to eat macros, no, how to handle your, your schedule, how to think about food, what is good, bad food. There's no such thing as bad food. It's more global than just, Hey, I'm trying to get you ready for the summer to have that summer bod. It's more like you are dealing with PCOS. I've had to take like extensive courses, learning how to read blood work, being uh, an expert on understanding all these autoimmune disorders like thyroid, being hyper hypo, not having one, having Hashimoto's, all these things that nobody's necessarily born with. It just happens because of lifestyle. And so again, this, this journey of coach Sando training has taken me to a point where now I'm working with people in a way that I've never thought I would. And it's so rewarding because when we get people to start feeling better and then they train better, and then they're starting to see that they're riding better. That journey to me is way, way more rewarding to than just getting somebody that's already at the top of their le- of, of their sport mm-hmm. and just really working on the X's and O's, just polishing up. Now, don't get me wrong, I'll I'll do it and I still love it, but it's something that gets me when I when someone comes in and they're just like all over the place 
have n- don't know where else to go. Mm-hmm. And they come to me because they love writing. And I just give them the opportunity, not just to ride more confidently, to be able to ride, period. Right. Do you have, wait, for your training, do you have, I feel like I already know the answer to this, but do you have a specific um, area of the body that you like to focus on? Like, does it all stem from the core or are you also like is a big focus lower body or what what do do you have a specific kind of um plan of attack when you are working with a new client or is it really just kind of depending on each client and their needs so uh i developed this system called the echo strength development system so it's a long-term development system And basically when everybody that I work with goes through this system, because the system navigates people into where they should be at. Now the the Equistrain system starts off with first understanding what we're going to repair or relieve. And what I mean by that is if you have any issues, like I just mentioned, whether it be something autoimmune, something health related like that, or if it's just, you know, you got some issues that were that you were dealing with as far as you broke your ankle and now you don't have ankle mobility or you have something going on in your shoulder because, you know, your horse pulled your your shoulder out of socket and now you don't feel so strong in it. So for me, it's you go through that and we pair and or relieve. After that, then we go through a phase where we're activating things. When people compensate from prior injuries or just not being strong, then we have to go through this activation phase where now we're teaching them how to turn on proper muscles, but not just individual, like isolating. We don't work as as humans. We don't work when we're moving and we're doing things like sport. There's very rarely in the situation where you're only in, in isolation, meaning one body part at a time. The body always moves synchronized together. So for instance, when I assess someone and I see somebody that's dealing with their shoulder rounding only on the left side, I don't look at the left shoulder. I look at what's going on with the right hip and the left ankle or the right ankle. I look like somewhere else because those are just signs. I'm trying to find the root cause. So again, activation to me is very important. Then we move up to the, 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 this next part, which is movement. And so movement is now let me teach you how the body should move. Let me teach you how you should be feeling when you're walking, when you're jogging, when you're moving and, and exercising, instead of just focusing on body parts. And then the last part of it is if we can get you to relieve or repair some things that you come in with, some we're going to say for the lack of a better term, some baggage that you're coming with. We can activate some muscles that, w- that are not active. We can improve your movement patterns. You're going to have better performance. And that's the last part of it. So I call that, the, it's an acronym. It's called a RAMP. And so when people go through this system, I can navigate a lot better to get them to where they want to be. And that's ride better. So it is very individual as far as where people work on during the system. But the system guides you so that you can see the results fast actually like i tell a lot of people when they start working with me in 30 days we'll be able to get you feeling better so that you can start getting some results in the saddle which is a big part of it right because i want to get people quick wins i want to make sure that they get that dopamine response Mm -hmm. like oh my god this is working so that they can stick with the program right definitely yeah and i feel like that's you know always one of the biggest challenges is you know kind of what you alluded to before everyone with time being one of the biggest factors is that, you know, everyone just wants the 
quick fix and the quick, you know, like the, the mm -hmm. quick changes. And mm -hmm. that's not always the reality. I mean, you see it all the time, you know, on the internet or whatever, that it takes weeks to, I was like, they feel like it's like feel changes, see changes for other people to notice yes. changes. So it, it's such a long process, but I think of, you know, what you're saying in your approach with starting small um, might seem like it's like a little pointless, but it's really about developing those habits that then, you know, 10 minutes feels like nothing suddenly and then bumping it up like 20, 30 minutes feels yes. like nothing. So it's that slow progression that makes the lifestyle instead of, I mean, I've been in this pattern too in the past where oh shoot, I have a vacation in six weeks. I'm going to like <laughs> go to, I'm going to do two a days at the gym and like, yeah. you know, just eat chicken and broccoli. And like, Ugh. you know, it's just, it's, Horrible. it's so hard because it's just not sustainable. It puts you in a bad mood. It, it, you feel completely depleted and then you just end up going off the deep end and <laughs> physically, mentally, emotionally. So it's just this vicious cycle that I think a lot of people find themselves in. And then it's a top it off. If you put the, you know, if you're working with people who pretty much continually live in a stressful go, go, go environment, like equestrians, it's just, I mean, I think if you were to like, look at a, at a pie chart of someone, would you, would you say it's pretty equal parts, physical, mental, and emotional? Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. I would even say the physical part equestrians what i've learned also are very 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 tough and resilient mm -hmm. so as far as the stress of the physicalness it's hard but nobody complains it's the yeah. emotional and the mental part that destroy people's ability to recover properly not the yep. not to say again riding 20 horses i'm gonna throw out a big number that is not what kills people because right. your body gets used to it it's what do you do after what mm -hmm. do you do when you're when your student when your worker your working student decides that they're not going to come in the, the day or you can't get anybody to work because it's nobody can get people to work right now. Then mm -hmm. you're stressed out and now your energy starts going down because of that stress. It's more right. mental and emotional for sure. Definitely. Besides breathing, mm -hmm. what uh, what's something that riders can start doing right now today to build their confidence with their riding? I, and this is, I, I know I mentioned this earlier, but what, what they should do is what they like doing. Because mm -hmm. when I start with someone and they haven't done anything, I always ask, what have you done in the past that you feel worked? And I get a good feeling about what they like to do, what makes them feel confident. Because if I try to push them to doing something that they don't like, the adherence is going to be so low that oh, they yeah. will eventually quit because who likes doing things right. that they're not good at? So when mm -hmm. I ask or when people ask me, what should someone start with? And I know they want to hear is, oh, strength training. Well, no, what do you like? Let's get you first in the right, get, get you going in the right direction of movement. You like yoga? Great, do yoga. And then once you get hooked and getting back in your groove and moving, okay, now, now, now let's dip our toe in the weight room mm -hmm. and let's start strength training and doing this full body approach of strength training. Oh, you like doing that? Hey, let me get you now over here and start doing some conditioning. Right. Now that's working not on just cardio, but actually really developing your energy systems like horses do. Let's start getting you from trot sets into some canter sets, into some mm -hmm. gallop sets, right? Using those terminologies that everybody knows to train a horse. 
We can do the same thing to ourselves. But first, let's let's start off with getting you going by doing something you like. Right. I love that. That's great advice. And it's something that you're right, like anyone can do. Anyone can start. You can do any type of level, any starting point. And it's it's not so daunting then here, here's a, here's a giant 20 page plan that you have to print <laughs> off and start <laughs> when you've done nothing for years. Right. I would right. say, Bethany, you like walking your dog. Hey, walk your dog for 10 minutes today. Yeah. 10 minutes. That's easy. Okay. Then do it. If it's easy, do it. And mm-hmm. then 10 minutes turns into like you were saying, 15, 20, 30. And before you know it, Hey, I think I'm ready to go to the gym. I think I yeah. feel more motivated. Excellent. Right. For a lot of people that I know, um, I know right now I'm taking two of my junior riders to the gym with me every morning before we go to the barn during their summertime. Mm-hmm. And a big part of um, something that I hear, you know, that causes people to hesitate to go to the gym is just that kind of fear of like, okay, what do I do? Like, I don't have a plan. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know which exercises I should do. How do I divide up my, my days that I'm at the gym? Mm-hmm. That's obviously something that you can help people with. What, what advice would you give to someone who has a bit of a fear of, you know, they, they are active, they, they have done stuff before, but then when they're ready to take that plunge into the gym, what, what recommendations maybe do you have for them? Keep the time in the gym low. Here's Mm. why. Because what you have to understand as an athlete is you have to divide your level of stress that you can allocate to different activities. You have this stress cup and you can only pour so much into writing. You can only pour so much into cross training or going to the gym. You can only pour so much into friends and family. So you eventually you run out of things to like water, we're going to say, to pour into that stress water. So Keep it very small because what happens is a lot of people also get uh, discouraged because they go into the gym, they go for an hour, an hour and 15, they get so sore that they can't go ride a horse properly or go to the gym until the next week because they haven't recovered properly. So I would say when somebody starts, here's number one, keep your workouts short, keep them like 20 to 30 minutes, focus on full body training sessions. Again, athletes work in synchronization. We do not isolate. You do not take methods for people that compete in bikinis on stage to show body parts and how well Mm -hmm. they develop and think that that method is going to work for an athlete. Mm -hmm. So work full body like you would when you're riding and keep the, the, when you're starting, go just once a week to start. Just get a feel for your how your body's going to recover, how you're going to feel. Then you can work your way to two times a week and then three times. If you're riding more than three horses a day, every day, you don't need more than two to three times a week because there is going to be a, a point where the return on your investment is going to be low because mm-hmm. emotionally uh, and mentally you get drained from the horse world and your business and getting clients that when you start training because it is a de-stressor, you're exercising, but you will not get the, the results that you want. You're just doing it to relieve stress. And in that okay. case, just go for a walk. The walking is great for relieving stress because your brain just starts working its way out of whatever it's thinking. You're breathing. You're getting sunlight. It, that is so much better. So I know it sounds counterintuitive to tell people, hey, really 
watch how many times you work out. But I'm telling athletes, I'm speaking to the people that are in the grind with running a bit an equestrian business, having clients, a ton of horses that are in training, those people watch how much you train because you can overdo it. And then now you'll have a negative outlook on being physically fit because you think, oh, I tried it and I just felt worse. Well, yeah, you had too much going on. Start with one a day, once a week and then work your way up from there. But I would suggest no more than three. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, what would you say is within the realm of what you do, but something that you're passionate about in the industry that you feel like people either don't talk that much about or don't know enough about? I think what I mentioned earlier was the, the overall health and wellness. I think people are, are have a good understanding, but get overwhelmed when they are faced with going to the doctor and they have high cholesterol, high blood pressure, um, get offered all these drugs so that they can do the things that they love instead of understanding how you can have these simple methods that you can start to do throughout your day so that you can start feeling better without the use of farm mm -hmm. meds and just overall taking care of your body by doing three things, eating foods that are whole foods and more consistently, like three to four times a day with protein, veggies being your base and then carbohydrates at the end, drinking more water. So being hydrated and then also sleeping. If you did that, eat whole foods, drink water, sleep at least seven to eight hours, a lot of the issues that I'm seeing with people would be eliminated because overall, I'm dealing with a healthier person. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I love that. Well, Coach Sando, thank you so much for taking the time and walking us through a little bit about what goes into what you do. I think that your mindset towards health and fitness and wellness makes so much sense in the industry and it's so realistic and attainable. Um, it's it, it really, I think, is encouraging for a busy equestrians like me to take that jump towards being a better rider and, you know, running a business more smoothly. And so thank you so much for what you do and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much for having me on the show. All right, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much and I will talk to you next week.